we're going to continue to move forward and be ministered to by his Holy Spirit. Let's, let me open with a prayer as we do. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to open Scripture together and to be able to be spoken to through your Spirit, to be encouraged, to be challenged, and to be moved. And Lord God, we pray that uh, through the reading and your message to us this morning that uh, we would be able to apply your truth into our lives each and every day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The passage of Scripture, there's two passages I want to read. One is from Psalm 78, verses 4 through 7. And there we read these words. We will not hide them from their descendants, but we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders that he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established a law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation will know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn will tell their children. And then they will put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. And then over to Deuteronomy 4, just one verse, verse 9, the focus and there we read, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely, so that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen, or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Thus far, the reading of God's Word. Wonderful. All right. I want you to imagine this. There was a grandmother who was giving directions to her grandson who was coming to visit her with his wife for the, for the first time. And so the grandmother's on the phone, and she says to him, she says, okay, listen, when you come to the front door of the apartment complex, she says, I'm in 14T. Now, there's a big panel at the door, and with your elbow... Push 14T, and I'll buzz you in. She says, then come inside, go to the elevator on the right, and then with your elbow, press 14. And when you get out of the elevator, I'm on the left, and then with your elbow, hit the doorbell. And the grandson is listening to all this, and he says, well, that sounds easy enough, Grandma, but, but, but why am I hitting all the buttons with my elbow? And her response was, what? You're coming empty-handed? <laughs> Grandparents, they are amazing. I personally have never gotten to know my grandparents as they lived in Holland and passed away before I ever had a chance to meet them. But I did get to see the difference that my parents and Cindy's parents made in the lives of our children. And seeing this, it made me realize of how much I really missed out on. And now that Cindy and I have been blessed with 13 grandkids, we want not only to have an awesome relationship with each one, but we also want to make a spiritual difference in their lives. That is, leaving them 
a godly legacy that's going to live out, not only in their lives, but for the generations to come. And I'm sure all of you who are grandparents sitting here want that as well. So this is why this morning I want to focus on intentional grandparenting. Now, I know some of you are sitting here and you're not grandparents, uh, but the Lord willing, hopefully one day you will be. And you're going to remember this. You really will. And if your grandparents aren't here and you're going to go visit them in the near future, make sure you take things with you. No, just kidding. Um, But um, you'll be able to share these insights with them because it is life-changing. So what do I mean by intentional grandparent? Is that um, we're going to look at at this because the thing is you have to make an intentional decision to do this. Now, before we get into that, I need to say that as Christian grandparents, we are faced with several challenges right from the get-go. You see, some of the challenges are the messages that our culture gives us, which undervalues and downgrades the role of grandparents and elderly people in general. What do I mean by that? Well, here's the biggest thing. Our culture will tell elderly people, who are grandparents, that once you have retired, you have earned the right to make the rest of your life all about you. All right? In other words, the message is you've worked hard for years. You have provided for your families. You have sacrificed. You know how much you sacrificed for your kids, and you have gone the extra mile. I don't know how many times you did your time. Now you're retired, you're done focusing on others, and it becomes your time. So kick back, kick up your feet, relax, travel, see the world, enjoy the remaining years of your life in leisure and in a stress-free environment. You no longer have any family responsibilities or obligations. I mean, you put in your time, but now you're done. It's all about you. Now, this message is very strong that's out there. It has led some grandparents to be absent from their children and from their grandchildren for long periods of time. For example, pastor and author Tim Kimball often tells uh, this, this story in his, in his teachings of a retired couple who was from his church, as a matter of fact, and, and they would basically, they would have a cottage in the summer in which they spent some two months there. But for the winters and the rest of the year, they would spend in some tropical place. Now, in doing so, and this was after they retired, in doing so, they missed out. They missed out on their kids' and their grandkids' special events. They missed out on birthdays. They missed out on graduations, recitals, sporting events, Christmases, and Thanksgiving gatherings. They just weren't around. So it turns out that after 17 years of vacationing abroad, The grandparents could no longer afford the travel insurance coverage, so they decided to buy and to move into a house in the same town where their kids and their grandkids were, so in order to get close to them. Well, to make a long story short, the grandkids rarely stopped in at Grandma and Grandpa's. The grandparents you know, we're kind of taken back by this. They didn't know what to do. So they went up to their kids and they said, hey, what's going on? How come the kids don't come over and visit us? And they looked at them and said, Mom, Dad, you were never there for them growing up. 
Why in the world would they want to see you? You got no relationship. And it's heartbreaking. It really is, but it happens. Now, our culture also sends the, uh, a message that tells grandparents that they shouldn't interfere, right? Shouldn't interfere with their adult kids, shouldn't interfere with the grandkids. They shouldn't meddle or say anything. Basically, um, they shouldn't even come over unless invited. And this has pushed grandparents to the sidelines in the family system. And society at large, as we know, they tend to disrespect people and make fun of them as they simply grow older. We put a high value, do we not, as a culture, we put a high value on appearance, on youthfulness, on, on strength and achievement, which we know diminishes as people age. And as a result, a lot of older people feel, well, they feel worthless and unwanted. Now, unfortunately, Christian grandparents can start to believe these messages because they constantly hear them, and they're bombarded with this. And over time, it actually, these things become their truths. And they're no longer able to distinguish the lies from what the Bible says their calling is as grandparents. In fact, grandparents need to know that they are needed and that they do matter. And that God has a very special and important role for all grandparents to be playing in the lives of their kids and grandkids. So the question is, what does God expect of a grandparent? It's a great question. Well, in one sentence, to say a grandparent's task is simply to pass on a rich heritage of faith in Christ to their grandkids. Sort of the bottom line. All right? Scriptures lays out this vision for grandparents. It's from Deuteronomy 4 and 9, what we read. Look at it again. It says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. It doesn't say until you retire. As long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Now notice how it begins. It says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely. Okay, this is addressed to the seniors in this passage. What this is saying that as grandparents, we have to be careful and to make sure that our walk with God is something worth imitating. We are being watched very carefully by our kids, by our grandkids. And if there's something that we're doing that we wouldn't want our kids or grandkids to be doing, then guess what? We probably shouldn't be doing it either. Now, we can't underestimate the influence that we have as grandparents. In fact, did you know that grandparents are the second most influential people in the lives of grandkids? They did a survey. They, you know, they, they did this marvelous thing. Grandparents are second. Parents are first, but grandparents fall right behind them second. And many of you who are sitting here, who are younger, know how true that is. Perhaps you've had a grandparent already speak into your life some wonderful truth or, or have given you some marvelous advice or understood you when no one else did and, and loved you in spite of what you did. Maybe you'd, you, know, you screwed up badly and, and, and the parents are angry, but guess what? Grandma and Grandpa, Oma and Opa, they were, they were wonderful. They, they didn't judge me. They didn't make me feel bad, but they loved me. Right? 
Something like that you don't forget, ever. And this influence is so important to remember, especially when it comes to spiritual things like our faith, because it is documented that 85% of people who come to believe in Jesus Christ do so under the age of 18. Isn't that amazing? 85% of people who come to believe do so when they're young. This means the best time for your grandkids to come to faith is when they're young and growing up. So we have this amazing opportunity to spiritually impact our kids and grandkids and to create an environment in our homes where our grandkids can know who Jesus is and know that he's real and loves them deeply. And this is confirmed again in our, in our passage in Deuteronomy. Look at it again. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Notice the last sentence. Teach them to your children, which every parent hopefully is doing, but it doesn't end there, and to their children after them. So you might be thinking, okay, well, teach them what? Well, the text says the things that your eyes have seen. So my question is, Growing up, have you been reading the Bible? Have you, have you been reading the Bible as an adult? Have you been reading the Bible as, as a grandparent? What have your eyes seen when you read? What, what things have you noticed? How have you seen God at work in your life? How have you witnessed answers to prayers in the years that God has given you? And what did God do in times of trouble? How did he help you through it? He says, in other words, where have you experienced God in your life? This is what you pass on. In Psalm 78, the other passage talks about that specifically, right? In the role of telling about the works of God. It says, we will not hide them from our descendants. We will tell the next generation what? The praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders that he has done, right? He decreed statutes for Jacob, established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation will know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn will tell their children, and then they will put their trust in God and will not forget his deeds, but will keep his commandments. So look at the reason why this is so important. It says, then the next generation, and even those yet to be born, would put their trust in God and not forget his deeds. Now, that's a pretty picture. That's a wonderful picture. But unfortunately, in the book of Judges, chapter 2, verse 10, it paints a picture of a, almost like a prophetic future of the church if we don't do this sort of thing. And there in Judges 2, verse 10, we read, And all that generation, that is Joshua, if you recall, his generation died off in the wilderness, but the generation of kids uh, grew up, and, and they were the ones under Joshua's leadership that conquered the promised land. They had seen God's hand at work. They had seen him provide amazingly. And it says, when that generation had gathered to their fathers, there was another generation that arose after them who did not know. Can you imagine that? Did not know the Lord or the works that he had done in Israel. How does that even happen? It happens when we fail to pass on a spiritual legacy. That's how it happens. And this is why as parents and grandparents, we need to be intentional about this. And it isn't as hard as you think it is. Because every believing grandparent has stories, 
has stories about what God has been done, has been doing in their lives. Every believing grandparent is able to say, let me tell you the time, you know, when, when God did some amazing things in my life. For example, you can share how you came to faith. Now, for some people, like myself, you know, I always grew up in a, in a home where Christianity was always there. I didn't have a, you know, a Paul conversion story, you know, where I was really messed up and then all of a sudden light went on. I don't have that kind of story. I, I was raised believing all the time. So it sounds like a dull story. But ask me, did I ever have a time where I really doubted? Absolutely. A time where it was very critical, I could have walked away from the faith. So, how? what about sharing those kind of stories and things like that? How God answered prayers, how he provided opportunities, how he proved himself to be faithful in your times of need. These are amazing stories. And, our, and when grandparents can, can point to the greatness of God through their own experience, I'll tell you, it's powerful for the grandkids. And the focus of our story should not be on our successes, but rather point to the greatness of God. And we as grandparents, we can do this. But again, I'm, I'm using this word intentionally. It has to be intentional <laughs> because it doesn't happen by itself. I mean, think of anything that you have, whether it's your home, your car, whatever. You need to invest in it. You need to maintain it. You have to put effort in to keep it going well. Your marriage is everything. And here, too, you've got to commit. You've got to invest and I know that every grandparent loves their grandkids, and they enjoy doing things with them, okay? And many grandparents do this. They take them on trips. You know, they, they buy them ice cream and take them out for dinner. They go to parks. They push them on the swings and read bedtime stories, play games with them, and all those things, believe me. They're wonderful. They're great. They're fun. But let me ask you this. When our time comes, in which it will... We will die. And our families and our friends and our grandchildren, they're all going to be gathered together in a church, something very similar to this, or this one, whatever, and it's going to be for our memorial service. Now, here's, here's the question. What would you want your grandkids to say about your life? Do you want them to say, yes, Opa took me out for ice cream? Oh, Oma read me books at night. And Oma showed me how to, how to cook. And, 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 and Oma, or Grandma showed me how to clean. And, and Grandpa loved to play games with me. And those are all great things. Don't get me wrong. Or, which is all important, or would you rather them be able to say this? Opa showed me who Jesus was. Oma taught me how to pray. And she made Jesus real for me. Grandma made the Bible come alive and taught me about the Holy Spirit. And, and Grandpa showed me Jesus by the way he lived. I could see, I could see in his face his deep love for God. See, this can be your legacy. We can all do this. 
Now, I know you might be thinking, okay, oh, sounds good, but how are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to intentionally teach our grandkids about Jesus, you know? Am I supposed to gather them when they're over at your house and they're all doing their thing, playing Nintendo or Switch or whatever it is they're doing, and all of a sudden you can say, okay, put it all away, everybody gather, 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 gather. What, what, what? Put it down. Turn off the phones. Get over. Get, get, sit down. <clears throat> now I'm going to teach you about Jesus. You know, obviously we're not going to do something like that, right? It isn't easy, especially if it's not on your radar to do. But here's the thing. Because of how important it is, we have to learn how to be creative. And sometimes in ways that is going to seem really odd. Let me give you an example, true example. There was a, a grandparent who was at a, a grandparenting seminar, and a Christian grandfather afterwards came up to the presenter because they were allowed uh, to ask questions, and this question was this, and it was a great one. He says, listen, he says, I got three kids, and all my three kids, even though we were raised up in the Christian faith, they all turned to Buddhism, every one of them. And now here's the rule. They're training their, my grandkids to become Buddhists as well, and I am not allowed to talk about Jesus if I come and visit. If I do, they don't want me to come over anymore. So what am I supposed to do? For him, it was an awful situation. And the presenter looked at him and said this, start learning about Buddha. Everybody's going, huh? It's true. Start learning about Buddha. But please understand, the presenter wasn't saying, Grandpa, you need to convert to Buddhism. No. Instead, he was saying, Grandpa, you need to try to understand what they're into and listen to their heart. See through their eyes. Show an interest in what they're interested in. And so the grandfather took this advice. He started to read up on Buddhism and things like that. And when they got together, they started to have conversations. And, and actually, the kids started to respect their father in ways that couldn't even imagine. Eventually, guess what started to happen? They said, well, Grandpa, how does this compare to what, you're, what you believe? And guess what? He was then able to share his faith about Jesus Christ. Another grandma shared this about her 10-year-old granddaughter said that she's always, forever, playing a game on her phone. Imagine that. It says, last week she came, and I told her this. I says, if you got to put that phone down, and if you don't, if you pick it up and start playing a game or start texting again, whatever it is, I'm going to take you home. And a few minutes later, Grandma went out, come back in, and there she was, playing on her phone, and Grandmother was furious. She said, that's it, packed her up and took her home. Now, that grandma thought that she was doing a good thing by being strict with her granddaughter. But guess what it did? It put a wedge between the relationship. You see, grandma wanted her little girl to enter into her world. Let's sit at the kitchen table. Let's have some tea, and we'll talk. But what, in fact, if she had said this, honey... I see you're always on your phone and you're playing a game. Help me learn this game. What is it you're playing that you like so much that you spend so much time? And then, and then as she does, she says, tell you what, after we're done, you know, you're teaching me or playing this game for a while, why don't afterwards we just sit and have some tea together? The granddaughter would have felt honored. She would have felt respected. 
and the relationship would have been maintained and the two of them would have had an enjoyable time together. So in other words, adapting to your grandchild's world is where it's at, but it is getting increasingly more difficult to do. But you can do it. You start thinking with, what are my grandchild's interests? And then be, start to be interested in it yourselves. Do you have a grandson that really loves the video games? Instead of just walking by and, what a waste of time. No, sit down with them. Ask them to explain the game and, and show them, you know, and, and, and hopefully you'll get good enough that you can beat them, right? All right, but what are their emotional needs? And, and do they need comfort? Do they need calming? Do they need encouragement? There's so many different creative ways as grandparents that we can spiritually influence and have this amazing relationship with our children and we can learn how to do these things together. You know, Cindy and I have been reading an awful lot on grandparenting and have been connected with a, what is called the, grandpa the Grandparent Legacy Coalition, which is out of the U.S. But they um, podcast, they have weekly podcasts on Monday nights that focus all of its teachings to get different speakers to come in to help people become intentional grandparents that make a spiritual difference in the lives of their kids. And this is free. You just got to sign up and hook and, and then tune into it on Monday nights. And one of the things that we're looking forward to when I officially retire, I know some of you heard rumor that I had retired already, but not true. Uh, still got two more years, Lord willing. Uh, but when I do retire, Cindy and I hope to take, uh, develop this ministry even more so and, and actually take it out on the road to help churches begin grandparenting ministries because we know how important it is because of the potential. You've got to understand that. In most congregations, do you realize there's over 100 grandparents in congregations? And many of you are perhaps already doing creative things and being spiritual examples to your grandkids, and that's great. But here's the neat thing. You're doing things that other grandparents don't know about. And some of the things that you can share might help them go, that's a great idea. i got to try that. So think of the difference we can make and the legacy that we can leave behind when we make the decision to say, I'm going to be more intentional. Not only is it going to bless you, but it will be a blessing for your children and your grandchildren. So in closing, remember this. We do not get to decide whether we're going to leave a legacy or not. We only get to decide what kind of legacy we want to leave. Because whether we realize it or not, all of us are going to pass on something to our children and to the next generation. So then the question for us this morning is this. What will that be? What do you want to be known for? Let's pray. Heavenly God and Father, we thank you again for your words and we see the instruction of how important it is for grandparents to be a part of their children and grandchildren's lives. And because, Lord, you have journeyed with us for so many years, the stories that we can share of your goodness and faithfulness is just amazing. And our kids and grandkids long to hear these things because it makes you so real. So help us, Lord, even though we might be uncomfortable with it. Maybe we could say, I've never done this before. It doesn't matter. It's too important to just let that ride. Help us to be intentional. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.